1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown.
0: And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere
1: Hello Cherries fans, hope you're doing well and a warm welcome to The Second Look, or the audio pod if you're listening on a Monday morning. My name's Sam Davis and I'm joined today by...
2: Mr Tiggs, or Tiggsie as I am now, more affectionately known.
1: And I'm really looking forward to this one because it's quite an interesting game to dissect against Luton Town. It was another three points for the Cherries and we managed to survive a second half fight back but ultimately... Bournemouth defeated the Hatters 2-1 and returned to the Championship Summit. As happened in recent home contests against Blackpool and Queen's Park Rangers, Bournemouth once again took a comfortable looking 2-0 lead into half-time at the Vitality Stadium, but the second half didn't quite play out like the first did, so there's lots to discuss. If you're watching this live on YouTube, then why not get in your comments? We will love to read them and uh, go through what you have got to say. It's going to be an interesting week ahead for Bournemouth as well as we travel to Peterborough. So you know how we've done so far against the newly promoted teams, Tiggs. Blackpool Mm. and Hull. Is Peterborough going to be a repeat? I hope not. I want to get a W on the board, not a D.
2: Yeah, that would be good. That would be good if we could. And uh, why not? I mean, we're riding the crests of a wave. There's always that little inkling in the back of your head, when when are we going to crash? But currently, still on top. Let's keep it that way.
1: And we're still on top whilst not hitting the peaks of our performance level. That's what it feels like to me. I think Barnsley was probably the pinnacle of how Mm. I've seen us play. And there were certain halves of football where it didn't quite follow through in the second half. For instance, against the Seasiders, the Tangerines in that first half, I thought that some of the the football we played was sublime. Really, really good. But as far as a complete 90 minutes have gone, it's probably going to be Barnsley. However, there are still some errors, some mistakes, some things that aren't quite mm-hmm. perfect, that are just letting these teams in. And I I just want us to go 2-0 up, and then 3-0 up, and then 4-0 up, because 2-0, I think Eddie Howe always said it, it's always a dangerous scoreline. And it certainly proved to be the case against Blackpool. It nearly did against Queen's Park Rangers. And then Luton Town, it nearly did. But what it's doing, Tiggs, it's providing us with new challenges, isn't it? it you, you, I mean, certainly defensively.
2: Yeah, it definitely does, and uh, there is a sense, uh, certainly from my point of view, when I when I look at us, that maybe it is living dangerously, but maybe Parker likes to live dangerously. Maybe that's just the way he wants us to play. Two nil, enough. Two nil is enough for him, and he's happy for to let us uh, take our foot off the gas a little, um, because he he now believes in the defence that's there that you know can can keep the ball out the back of the net. But we'll see as the season goes on, no doubt. Mm.
1: Yeah, we will. So all eyes were on Twitter and social media at two o'clock when the teams came out. And much to many people's surprise, actually, there were no changes. And these were the line So for Bournemouth, Travers in goal. Across the back, Smith, Cahill, Kelly, Zamora, Pearson, Lerma and Billing. And of course, Anthony, Solanke and on the right, Christie. So I think the defence pretty much picked itself however it was always a case of what's he going to do with that midfield three many of which suspected that Pearson would come out but that wasn't the case but then what that does do if Pearson is that CDM role that gives Lerma a license and from what we've seen so far Tiggs we've enjoyed seeing Jefferson in that more advanced role yeah
2: he spreads himself around that pitch doesn't he like Marmite it's uh it's quite incredible really I I really like it really like it really like it when he has that freedom I think if you put someone else next to him, then maybe he he does feel the need to to drop back more. But winning the ball high up the pitch certainly gave us the impetus uh, in in some parts of the game to to go on and and really take it by the scruff of the neck. Just a shame, as you said, Sam, that we couldn't keep that going. It is a high energy way of playing, mm-hmm. um, and maybe we maybe we just run out of steam a little bit. Don't know, don't know. But yeah, I I am. Um, I'd like to say I was surprised. I wasn't overly surprised, really. Uh, I suppose Brooks was the one that we all thought might see come back in after his little spell on the bench last time. But no, we didn't. Um, and I can't, you look at the, the the way that the game panned out and we'll talk about it more and more. but When you look at what Christie did
1: out there in the game, you can
2: understand why he is at the moment Parker's first choice on the right.
1: One of the players that has captured our eye over the last few games, of course, is... Is Gary Cahill at the back, mm-hmm. and you know, given the age he is, Tiggs, a lot of us have been thinking that surely at some point he needs to be given a rest. But he just keeps on being played, and his performances have, have gone from strength to strength, haven't they?
2: Yeah, uh, I, you can't. I mean, you sort of think because of his age and you know, and because he looks like um, maybe he might need a break from that perspective. Actually, he's he's he plays the whole ninety minutes. Um, When you think about the players that we've still got available that could be coming on to replace him, we don't do it. I think he's going to be there for a lot longer than we think. We do know he's super fair. I'm sure somebody said that he was like the the fittest, one of the fittest players they'd ever played with. Um, I think it was somebody at Chelsea, actually. So it doesn't surprise me. Keeps him, looks after himself really well, clearly. And we would miss him now. Wouldn't have thought that before we signed him, but we would miss him now. His voice, let alone his physical attributes have been such a massive part in the last four games.
1: And the mysterious case of Steve Cook does continue. I mean, he wasn't involved in the lineup, not in the squad. Rumours of him potentially leaving the club on deadline day didn't materialize whether that was abroad or to a certain club here, but it didn't happen. And he wasn't even at the ground on Saturday as well, which is um such a shame but also quite weird if you're going to have him as club captain or whatever. He wasn't even there. So not really sure what's going on with that. And um, hopefully he's enjoying watching the Cherries uh, playing football at the moment. But um, for me, you know, there is a sort of bittersweet feeling when I think about Steve Cook at the moment, because I'm loving what's happening with AFC Bournemouth. I'm loving yeah. Cahill at the back, but I also do miss Steve Cook incredibly.
2: <sighs> yeah, I, I'd, I really hope that he gets uh, another chance to, to- to come on and play some minutes and and maybe impress and maybe keep a place. Who would he come off for? Lloyd Mm. Kelly maybe Uh, now more than Cahill. Um, Left-footed. I mean, I scour the photos, Mm. training photos quite often and he's in there. Mm. So he is training with the club, you know, and I imagine he'd be a great asset in that respect for your forwards to be playing against a centre-half of his quality. So he has a role to play. It's just not the prominent role, Sam, that I think a lot of us would like to see Um, And it would be sad if between now and January, he doesn't get some minutes and uh, and that's how we say goodbye to Steve Cook.
1: Yeah, agreed. So let's get into the meat of the game then. And once again, it's rinse (laughs) and repeat for AFC Bournemouth, isn't it? Slow start, check. Cherries score a goal against the run of play. We did that. We then started to dominate the game and then scored a second. Yeah. And then we make a tactical change that seemingly invites pressure in the second half but let's start from the very off. And it was a very slow start for AFC Bournemouth and Luton Town I know they're a bottom half the league side at the moment and I'm not even going to mention that hashtag today because I think we've done it to death on previous shows yeah. and we've been quoted that you know they're watching our channel they'll probably be, we'll be watching this now with their finger on the record button, just waiting for us to say something patronising. But the fact is, they were a lower half side. And some of their results this season sort of gave me hope that, yeah, we probably could get a result against them. But based on the first 13 or 14 minutes, I thought they were very impressive on the ball, didn't you?
2: I think I messaged you, Sam. I think I said they should be 2-0 up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you didn't see that message straight away. You messaged me back a little bit later mm. uh, when we were 2-0 up. But yeah, it's, some people um, are just involved in watching the game. <laughs> I know <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was down the other end, I was down the south end for the game, so I couldn't see uh, as well as you could, but I did. You know, it was glaringly obvious the first miss, and obviously, uh, the, the, the bit with Travers, mm. um, where which you caught, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I you did.
2: Caught.
1: So, I mean, the first one was unbelievable. So, the ball's on the right hand side, and Harry Cornick, who looked fairly impressive, actually, he's he's made yeah. that step up to the championship really well. And, on the right-hand side, number seven running in, and he he flashes their ball across the box, just played forward into the, the path of Adebayo. And how he missed that, I don't quite know. I think he was maybe a little bit too close to the ball, needed to be, maybe just slow his run a little bit to have then been able to just, you know, tuck it home with his stride. But it sort of got tangled on his feet. And I don't know, it was with his right foot and then it came off his left. And honest to God, I've seen misses on TV and you see like YouTube worst misses compilations. That has yeah. got to go in them as far as I'm concerned. I don't think in the flesh I've ever seen one that bad. I mean, you know, to all intents and purposes, I thought Luton should be 1-0 up here. I even looked away thinking that they had scored. And then I hear this yes. ironic cheer from the North Stand thinking, what? How did he yeah. miss that? And, you know, looking back on my little cam thing, it's like, oh my goodness. And then within a minute... We tried to play it out from the back. Of balls. The ball's then played back to Travers. And he just slightly dilly-dallies on it and nearly puts him in again. But thankfully, he didn't take the chance. And uh, you know what? We've had a bit of luck with some of our wins so far, I feel. And somehow it's still with us. But that's that's not going to last forever.
2: No, it's not. Uh, It really was a game of who who was the more clinical, wasn't it, in that respect? I mean, we could have been 2-0 down. Would we have got back in the game? Do you know I think we would have? Mm. I still think we would have, but I think it would have given Luton a lot of hope um, to maybe see us off. Yeah, uh, I, I, I remember being there ourselves where we've had opportunities early in the game to kill it off and we haven't had them. And we've gone off you know the next 45 minutes and had very few chances and you just think to yourself ah oh, man you know mm. we well, those are our chances and we've missed them but they're going to score a hatful this season they've already scored a hatful pun intended mm. um and they will concede as like, Oh, thank you thank you so yeah we knew it would be tight and we knew they like to fight so um, I'm glad that we didn't go to nil hotel
1: no so what I'm doing at the moment I'm watching the highlights on the afcb.co.uk website so I I recommend you check that out for a five-minute package with the dulcet tones of Chris Temple talking you through things. And uh, it looks like it's Jaden Anthony who plays the ball back to Ben Pearson uh in the midfield and he feeds Adam Smith on the right. And then Christie is in such a wide position and he sort of he looks as though he's gonna take on his marker, like showing in the line. He doesn't. He cuts in on his left foot and has a good strike. I mean, albeit It goes into the palms of the keepers, but it just shows that he's, he's actually fairly decent and fairly adept. And, you know, we know that he can run down the line and he can cut the ball back from the byline. We've seen that he can cross well, as we've seen by the second goal. He can do it from both sides, but that just shows a bit of intent. And he did that in the previous game as well, where he stung the keepers' palms a couple of times. So yeah, people are kind of... You're talking about this Christy Brooks thing. He he is a feasible alternative for Brooks, isn't he? And it's, you know, players that you could probably swap out throughout the season based on these last few games where I've seen him almost in a pittman Kermigant style. Yeah, potentially
2: so. Very versatile player. I think he can play anywhere across our kind of uh, front, f- whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> three, mm-hmm. four, I don't know. Um, and he could also play in that, that billing role if we need him to. But yeah, I I thought he was excellent. Um and it's, I suppose, really, it was the determination that he showed as well. You know, he really, I can tell that he really wants to make the use of this chance. He doesn't want to lose his place. So when he gets on that ball, he's making very direct runs as well as, as you know, as good crosses and good passes.
1: Mm, absolutely. And th- that was early doors. Luton then had their couple of chances. But just on the ball, I thought they would just look very impressive. But then Christie was then centre of attention on about 14 minutes or so. And yeah. it was against the run of play. Where he pops over this delightful lobbed little pass. He, he almost scooped it up into the path of Phil Bill. I think he was probably our most advanced player at that point in time. And Phil Bill was on the scene just to caress it home with the inside of his right foot. Obviously, everyone knows that his favoured foot is his left, but he scores with his right as well, and it was a really delicate finish into the corner of the net, right in front of you in the Ted Mac. Must have been a, a good view from where you were, Tiggs. It was beautiful.
2: It was a beautiful view and a beautiful goal as well. It just looked, you know, almost perfect. And Phil Bill, uh, I'm fairly fair play to him. This license he's got to Rome really confused them, I Ooh. feel. Like they didn't really know who, who was picking him up. You look at the space that he found himself in. Not really sure who his marker was supposed to be. Um, but, yeah, Christie, little bit of vision. Uh, Lerma did some good work before that as well. And, and the ball's in the back of the net. And the celebration was fantastic the way he ran up to, to the fans i can tell he's really enjoying his football doesn't you know so different to when we were watching in lockdown isn't it mm. um phil phil bill and, and the kind of role that he's being asked to play and how much he's enjoying his football with the widest smile i've seen probably this week
1: mm, absolutely and i'm j- I'm just watching that again now, and I'm just yeah, just really impressed by that composed finish, and uh, certainly want to see more of that. So A.S.U. Bournemouth go one 0 up, and then the atmosphere inside Dean Court changes, and uh, yeah, you know we were all loving life, and every time we got the ball, it just felt as though we could do something. There were a number of occasions actually where we were going forward, and I thought, you know, we're going to score here because we are just you're going through the gears. We're we're sort of you know, we're advancing at speed up the pitch. And yeah. one thing I love to see is that, because it's really exciting football. And look, possession football's brilliant, but sometimes sideways passing and stuff, it just it just allows the opposition to reform and reset. And then you're trying to play through a low block again. But when you're doing it at pace, teams are susceptible. And that proved to be the case with uh, our second goal, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. There's a wonderful piece uh, Jacob Tanswell um, released about the the
2: formation the shape that we that we had for the game and if you look at it actually our fullbacks were used in a really different way and, and tanswell points it out brilliantly in his own style uh, and they're actually been running inside uh throughout the game and really really high up as well so that um you've still got two players there in terms of um Kelly and um brains gone khill uh to they had a lot of the ball those two a lot of good stuff started from them. But, yeah, the goal I, th- I thought was uh, was was wonderful, uh, and we don't don't see a lot of headed goals, or we haven't done this season. So, yeah, I really again, it just looked beautiful. It just looked like you know, match of the day worthy.
1: Yes. So let me talk you through the goal. It's Jay Anthony at the corner flag. We actually had a corner and then he uh, he played it short to Christie and then you're kind of wondering what's going to happen here. It went back to Anthony and Anthony then played it to the edge of the box to Jordan Zamora. Jordan Zamora had time to maybe take a touch turn and then fire it into the box or even have a shot because he was literally just outside the D. But what he did... That pulled like three defenders into Jordan Zamora, but then he played it back to Jayden Anthony. Jayden Anthony had so much space and he made that diagonal run, which kind of suggested that he was going to go straight into the box. And we all thought he was going to take a shot. He didn't. He feigned and he played Christie. What's he doing out there on the left? Well, I'm glad he was because he then hung up an amazing cross that didn't have to have much pace on it. Sometimes, if you're going to cross, sometimes it's more effective to you know whip it in. But he didn't. He hung it up knowing that there were plays in the box. And Dom Solanke, fair play. He had to do a lot of work with his header, actually, because he had to take a few steps back. And he just almost cushioned-headed it. Just the opposite way. Think Steve Fletcher. Think... yeah. 90% of his headers always put it back the other way and the keeper was stretching it didn't go particularly quickly across the line but the keeper had a lot to do and I was so pleased to see it nestle in the back of the net because I don't know why I just love it when Dom Solanke scores and 2-0 to Bournemouth it's going to be 3-4-5-0 mate surely <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's fun isn't it you just think oh we're on the up we're on the up it's going to keep going like that it's going to keep
2: going but something does change uh, but I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute yeah, it was a wonderful goal, wasn't it? And well-deserved Dom um, and a different type of goal from Dom as well. A lot of his have been kind of like uh, you know, put, in, put essentially in front of him by his feet there and he's sliding them in. But that, that's, um, that was great, great to see. There's a thing, as, uh, going back to the Tanswell piece about where our fullbacks are and, and um, you talked there about Zamora and he points out that when you've got one fullback go forward, Parker's idea was that the other one would stay back. Um, which meant it kept their attackers out of the game and stopped them having a quick counter-attack. I think that's what kind of Luton were hoping for. Um, And I didn't expect to score goals the way we scored them based upon that. I thought they'd be a little bit more rigid, Luton, defensively. But we we got our way through. And as you said, Sam, it
1: looked like plain sailing. It did. Now, before we go on, should we have a game of rate the celebration? Now, Arnold Danjuma did that thing with his hands i don't know if he was like doing a, a little snake but like this thing oh always, yeah that thing when, so people who are listening to this yeah. are probably wondering what on earth are you doing but the dom has the bow and arrow and i yeah. quite like that you know callum wilson had the sort of salute dom solanke does the bow and arrow i really like that celebration does yeah. anyone else do that
2: i've not seen anyone else do that um I've not seen anyone say that. That's probably, probably one of my favourites, actually. Ooh. Now that you've drawn my attention to it, Sam. I mean, short of the that classic Bradbury one from a few, uh, good <laughs> few years back, um, He knocked out the whole team. Um, but no, apart from that, I really like it. I can't think. I mean, Fletcher uses the scream and everyone would jump on his back, didn't he? So um, can we think of any more goal celebrations? I'd love that in the comments below, by yeah. the way, anyone watching this now. Can you think of any
1: good goal celebrations from Bournemouth players? I'd love to uh, do the Fletch, but sadly not got the six-pack for it. But um, And I love the kind of hybrid nature of that Fletch. Because you know, when you think of Fletch and gold celebrations, yeah. there's two. There's two, right? There's the Grimsby one, which yes. is run down the line, swinging, yeah. swinging your shirt like that. He didn't care. And then go into Hulk mode on the halfway line, by which time I think yeah. he was well and truly tired. Or the kind of hybrid celebration at the Millennium Stadium, knowing... I can't get booked, but I do want yeah. to show my chest. So a kind of half pulling oh, over the head. Yeah. But um yeah. yeah really, I love you know, that. I love that one. Really pleased. Really pleased to see uh, Dom get on the score sheet. Is he the twenty goal a season striker that we've been crying out for? I mean, what's what's different for you this season? Because he he does seem to have learned a lot in the space of the last 12 months, I've got to say. He, he was given sort of responsibility uh, uh, last season. It almost came a little bit too early for him. And, you know, Dan Jumer, I think, uh, took, a lot of, took a lot of the attention of players. And, uh, you know, Dom Solanke just, you know, continued to work hard, probably didn't score as many as he does. But now he's a real focal point. And in a weird sort of way, I think he thrives off that.
2: Yeah, and I think you know he's learned perhaps not to hesitate as much. I think with this team, he's going to get a lot more chances Mm. to score. He might not score them all, but he'll have the opportunities to look at that. That's a great Mm. picture. That is a great picture. Yeah, I think maybe he's learned to you know just shoot, just give it your all. Um, But also, you talk about a twenty goal. I mean, does he need to get twenty goals? I don't know if he does. I mean, I think Mm. I think going to run him close. I, I
1: really do be interesting to see what happens with that maybe mm. ryan christie will start to get on the score sheet she, uh, soon i don't know and you know, look what have we had a penalty this season uh, you know who's our penalty yeah, taker left. will it be Dom? because he's got that technique and i've seen him in the penalty shoes so i've explained it on the pod before and on youtube where he barely looks at the ball and he sort mm. of runs up and he's constantly focusing on where the keeper is and even when he's right at the ball he doesn't really look at it so you're kind of thinking god I hope he's got his positioning right because he could miskick this thing at some point but then he just strokes it side foots it in whether that's a technique that he'll be wanting to carry on if he takes them regularly I don't know it'd be it'd be interesting to see what happens when we get a penalty I mean we used to be the penalty kings Tiggs, and we haven't had one for ages and you know what another thing that I've realized I mean, yes, granted. I was in the concourse when Dom Solanke scored that goal against Barnsley. But I personally haven't seen a goal in the North Stand, in front of the North Stand, for, it seems like a long time. They're all at the South Stand at the moment. Well, most of them anyway.
2: So first half then, really, because we always always attack with the North Stand the second, don't we? So we're getting
1: our goals in early. Mm. um, And then the game changes a little bit. Okay, so what about... When Jefferson Lerma had a chance then, because for me, I, this one sort of seems to have gone under the radar somewhat. But I think Sluger made a, a massive mistake in the Luton goal and he slipped whilst making a clearance. Then it fell to Lerma at the edge of the box. But by the time he got the ball under control, there was a, a defender in the way. But from where I was, it, it looked like an open goal for, for Jeff, but he just slightly took a, a little bit too long.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, kind of the opposite to what we were just saying about Dom Solanke, really. Mm. He did take slightly too long. Yeah, and I think... I think Jeff will get his goals this season because mm. he's playing in that position to get to get that forward. I haven't seen him have one of his... Remember a couple of seasons ago, he's had all those long shots every mm. now and again. he just take this ridiculously long shot uh, mm. that didn't quite ever pull off. But yeah, felt for him
1: there, really. But it didn't seem to be a problem, did it? We thought we'd have loads of chances. Yeah, then Jade Anthony went uh, close as well from the edge of the box. And that was after some really good link-up play. But anyway, half-time it was. I think Cahill made a good block just before half-time. Mm-hmm. But 2-0 it was. Plain sailing. I'm chatting to Tom in the concourse in the North stand, and we're all talking about how it's going to go. And it didn't go particularly well. I mean, we controlled the game, I think, for large parts. But at 2-0, whilst we weren't sort of... I think our, our attacking impetus was slightly lost a little bit and then Luton, I think it was like halfway through the uh, uh, second half, was it, when they scored? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, you know, sadly, they managed to score. I didn't really see what happened, but it was Lloyd Kelly that looked like he ended up putting it in the back of the net.
2: Yeah, he did. It was an own goal, which is um, which is a shame. Um, yeah, a bit of a scramble, really. A uh, bit of a mess. Yeah, felt, felt for the lads, because... They were trying so hard to stay, stay solid. Mm. Uh, it just didn't, didn't quite happen. But then uh, Parker said some interesting things about the game. You know, you, you're going to concede, and it's about how you react to that. And how proud he was of the fact that you um, didn't let any more in. Is that you, Sam, in that photo?
1: Oh my God, it is. <laughs> it is. People who are listening you, to the pod are probably thinking, what, yeah. "What? are these guys talking about?" It is. Yeah, just above. Uh, yeah, look at me at the top of the screen there. Not vlogging, which is a right old bonus because that would be not very vlogging, embarrassing. Yeah. But I do it very slyly anyway. I don't. I'm not one of these people that stands there with a phone in front of my face. I just, just. I've got this little thing, handheld thing. But uh, yeah, that is me. Good spot.
2: And man. your face there, your face there is telling us the story of that goal. Um, and how you feel about it. You're just a little bit fed up. Uh, You didn't probably think it would be coming, but there it is. Uh, And you've got the players on the the pitch there and you can see, you know, how distraught they are.
1: Mm, yeah, that's right. So that's the So Ayla, so let's, you know, let's kind of rewind and uh, tell you the story of the second half. Luton, like they were certainly, they were certainly giving it a go. Um Travers palmed over on, on 54 minutes, and it was Adebeo that made a run down the right wing, and he, he fired the ball across the box and it curled inside and threatened Travers, but uh, the Cherries shot stopper pushed it over the bar. Then <laughs> As the AC Bournemouth blog says, you get the sense the next goal is huge here and mm. it happened to go to Luton as we described. I don't think Lloyd Kelly could have done anything um above it. But then yeah, this Travers save, Neil Perrotts has waxed lyrical about it. Was that at two one? I think it was yeah, two one. That was at two one, yeah, yeah. He got
2: down really, really well, palmed it off to the top to the left, I think it was as I as I saw it. Um yeah, really good little save. Uh, from Travers. Is that right? I'm pretty, pretty sure
1: it is. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, you know,
2: I thought he had a really good game, mm. to be
1: fair. Apart from that little blip, of course, in the first half. But he's, yeah. he's certainly shown that he's more than capable. He's he, he, He's got things to work on, I think. Uh, however, I, you know, there, there's certainly no claims to put Nyland in goal as far as I'm concerned. And it, you know, it's good to see that he's been given a chance at last because it seemed like an age in coming um, when he did have his chance. And then at the Norwich game, he was out of it and you're thinking, oh my goodness, is this yeah. going to be like, you know, Travis sort of not playing this season. But yeah, he, um, he reclaimed his spot and he's been doing ever so well since. And look, in terms of our defensive stats and things, if you think about it, like the goals that we've conceded recently, Queen's Park Rangers deflected sharp. Own goal yeah. against Luton Town. It's uh, it's not that bad, but it's not that great, really, because we really should be making these matches more comfortable. So when we're making changes, like bringing Chris Mepham on for Christie, was it? You'd that's think, correct, yeah. yeah, you'd think, surely it would make sense to to put Brooks on. So as far as I'm concerned, that's that's almost inviting pressure, and I think the players are going to sense that. And it's only natural to then want to you know, drop back and fit mm-hmm. whatever system that we were playing. So that was a bit of a concern for me, I think. But it just seems to be the way that Scott Parker wants to do things, eh?
2: Yeah, I saw, uh, I can't remember who it was now. I think it was uh, someone on Twitter. It was Rob. It was L C B Rob. He, he says he's not sure about Parker Ball because it always turns into park the bus park a bus for sure you know it's quite a clever little thing But mm. it does you know he, he, we get our lead and then he changes it up a little bit tries to make it a little bit more sturdy and defensive thinking that we've got the players and the quality to see it out does seem to always mean that we don't get chances at the other end mm. that's that's the that's the concern um so what would happen if we then had to chase a game would we then have to change shape again it feels like it that's what we'd have to do. Going back to Travers, I think you're spot on, Sam. I think if he has blips, that's fine.
0: Mm.
2: Things The thing that's impressed me is he's learned from his blips. So every blip that he has, he gets a little bit better. And I do, I do think that. I think he is getting more confident. I think he's really controlling that area. And I don't think it's been any harm at all to have Gary Cahill in front of him either.
1: Mm. Yeah absolutely agree now a 2-1 we was always um you know we had some threats from Luton including Adebayo in the 86th minute i remember a cross came over from the from the Luton left-hand side and from where i was it was just a duel him versus Travers and he had loads of space it seemed in the box and i thought to myself this is it this is the goal he just needed to head it low and on target and he headed it high and off target it went yeah. high and wide and that was such a let off for us but you know what, we managed to get through. And like I've said on many shows, including the free Falls, it's in a way, it's good that we're getting these results and the, the actual performances are, are maybe not that perfect because Scott Parker's not going to be resting on his laurels and sitting back and opening a bottle of red thinking, you know what, this is fantastic, because it's not fantastic. And any, you know, like if any sort of refereeing decision went against us or, you know, we didn't have a bit of luck or the ball like slightly didn't fall for us, it, you know, it could have easily been two or And you just wonder, Tiggs, what is our reaction going to be when we do go behind? Mm. Because we've not gone behind once this season, which is, I don't know, it it feels like an incredible stat. I don't know which other clubs have or haven't got that stat this season, but we've never been behind. Okay, we'll not talk about the Norwich game because we were definitely behind in that. Mm. However, how do we react? And is it one of those things where, but you know, because my concern is when that happens, you know, heads could drop and you know drumport had you know happened to reading they yeah. they had a tremendous start to the season they were doing so well they had their first yeah. defeat and then after that it was you know they they as good as dropped like a stone and you're sort of wondering could the same happen to us i would hope it wouldn't happen but we've we've never had that to deal with which i think at this stage of the season is remarkable
2: yeah and you know you're saying that reminds me of derby if, if you know a good few years back now just before we were in the championship last time and and while we were there and they had a similar kind of thing. They'd look so good, so strong early in the season. And then when they did start to hit a bump in the road, they couldn't quite recover themselves Mm. where they are now a bit topical for you. So yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I I'm starting to think, and I was talking to Keith E. T after the game about this, that this is just the, this is our blueprint. This is, you know, you talk about the complete performance I don't know if we're ever going to see it because of the way that we react to being ahead in games and I I used to think that's the players I used to think that's the players saying oh you know a bit complacent but now I don't know if I think that anymore now I think that this is strategically, tactically something that Parker's quite happy with Mm.
1: Do you do you believe yet? Is it Mm. Is it way too early? I think it's too early because we've not played any of the you know, big boys yet. Well, we've played West Brom, but you know there are some big m- matches ahead of us, not least in a week's time when we've got the rejuvenated Sheffield United. But maybe that game against Sheffield United will provide a good barometer in terms of where we're at to show us how good we actually are, perhaps. Yeah, I think
2: it will, um, but only for this part of the season. Because it was, I think, so much of it is about form. When we get to Christmas, when Santa Claus starts squeezing down my chimney, mm. you ask me then, uh, and, and we're still in the same position. Then, yeah, I, I will, I will believe. I think by then. But and we have to do a long, such a long way to go. Mm. The thing that makes it a bit different for me this season is that I just feel like we've got so much potential that's not being tapped. There's so many players on on our bench and not even on our bench that would quite could quite feasibly do an excellent job for us. In terms of any kind of injuries that we might have, January is going to be really, really interesting. Who we keep hold of, who we have to let go. Um, I wouldn't imagine we will strengthen, although, depends how Travis gets on between the sticks, because there were rumors of him not being particularly high on the first choice goalkeeper list for Mr. Parker. But hey, we'll see. I think he's doing a grand job so far. Yeah, but not ready to believe yet, Sam. Not ready to believe yet.
1: Yeah, he is doing a grand job so far. And, you know, in his interview, he said that we had to work hard for the win and that we certainly did. He knows that there are things to improve on. And I'm just going to read a few comments from the Vitals Forum with regards to some criticism aimed at some of the players in the second half and just the tactics in general. So some people are saying Christie and Billings' second half performances they say that Anonymous would be kind. The second-half tactics were not good. Trying to walk the ball into the net, not enough movement. Some person says that there were enough chances to, to take a shot on the edge of the box, but we preferred to knock it out wide. Someone echoed, in another way of saying it, what you said in terms of the we seem to have a two-goal issue. We get mm. two, and then we get sloppy, And then too cocky at the back. Top Farrier on the Vitals Forum says, I don't honestly know what the tactics were in the second half. I can't remember the last time we looked that bad. And look, this is a good thing, right? We're echoing comments that are negative when we're top of the league. So, you know, we are struggling to find comments, but we are. There are things to work on. And look, this next match against Peterborough will give us uh, the ideal chance to, you know, express ourselves on the football pitch against a team that really struggled in their last match they lost 3-0 and we should really go into it expecting a win but like I say we just don't know don't you I mean it could well be a draw my moment of the match Mm. do you know what it is Tiggs no I don't Sam tell me it's this captured by Kerry Phillips we've talked about it already but this is this is a great view
2: Christie's gone across to take it again. They take it short. The Cherries see a two-on-one opportunity. And now Anthony back to
1: the top of the box. Jordan Zamora. Then Anthony again. Christie desperately hanging on left side, trying to stay on side, which he's managed to do. Ryan Christie in it comes towards Solanke with the header. Dom Solanke
2: knocks it into the bottom left corner. And just over half an hour in here, Dom Solanke makes it five in his last three-and-a-bit games at the Vitality Stadium. Hundredth appearance in the last game, another landmark for him on target again. Dom Solanke, it
1: Absolutely beautiful and well worked, and it was not only the movement. It was not only the movement for that goal, but it was actually the spell of possession that we had, which actually led to the corner in the first place. Because, as I said, we we just went up the pitch with such confidence. We moved really quickly as well. And ultimately, it resulted in that corner. And you know we dispatched it really, really well. I'd love to see us going 3-0 up. So, lads, that's the challenge for the first half against Peterborough. So, when we come off at half-time at London Road, let's have three goals, eh? But let's talk a little about a little bit about Luton Town, TIGS. You know they're going to be all right this season, aren't they? You know, even yeah. if there weren't point deductions, they'll be absolutely fine.
2: Yeah, they'll be absolutely fine. They're, you know, they look a really strong outfit. I know we kind of keep using that word "strong" to describe them, but they really do. And I, I think they'll do all right this season. I don't, I don't think they'll be dragged down into it. Um, You know, respect to their their group of fans they brought. They made quite a lot of noise um, for for some periods, and yeah, I think they're right. I mean, you know. Just shows you, that Teams like Luton can do okay. Oh, you—you've you, <laughs> only gone and said it, haven't you? Um, now-, now, do you know what? They, you know, they, I just want to say, that, you know, they are a similar size to us, and they haven't had a benefit of all things we've had. And I know I spoke about this before, but um, you know, why not? They, they definitely look like they, they can be strong enough to survive in the championship and build upon it. Hopefully, if they don't have to sell too many players.
1: Scott Parker himself said that there's more to come from this squad and you can see that from the stats. AFC Bournemouth possession 60% yesterday, six attempts, two on target mm. with four corners, whereas Luton 40% of the possession. So two thirds what we had, nine attempts, three on target in seven corners. So, yeah, there is a bit to work on. But look, we're top of the league. We're two points clear. And it's one of those divisions this season, Tiggs, that's, you know, we've said it all along. The championship is all about just getting a consistent run together. At some point, we're going to lose a match, but it's how we react to it. And if we can put together another run, it just needs a series of three or four runs like this. And we could be promoted and the players could be tasting the high life once again. And uh, yeah, it's... It's absolutely fantastic to see us sitting at the summit. I think two bo- uh, points beneath us you've got uh, you Fulham around there is it is it West Brom? Uh, West Brom? I you know I need to check out the table. however, yeah we are sitting pretty at the moment. and um, it's a good feeling but I, I'm not really absorbing it yeah. You know, it, it, it's not really hitting home that we're top but I don't think it ever really will this season until it's like towards the tail end of the season.
2: Yeah, unless we can kind of put like a a big bump, you know, buffer of of points between us and, and someone else, which two points isn't really isn't really much, or unless we can perform against those those teams that are in and around us, then you, you might kind of start to spark a little bit more hope and optimism about it. But yeah, I agree with you. It's still so early. Anything can happen. It kind of feels like this is kind of snuck up on me a little bit. I mean, I've been there. Yeah. I've watched us win the games, but it just yeah. seems odd. And, you know, we're not even talking about the fact that we've won four on the spin. Mm. We, haven't, we haven't mentioned that once. Mm. That alone is, is an accomplishment. Um, and obviously we're undefeated, unbeaten this season. Now, I can't remember how many we got to with Tindall um, un, unbeaten. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how close we are to that
1: stat. Could we beat it? Could we beat the unbeaten stat? I don't know. Maybe. So there's the table then. Yep. So we are first, and as you say, four on the spin. West Brom, Fulham are in the mix. They're on 17. West Brom and Coventry. Surprise package, Coventry, you'd have to say. They're in third place. Sam Surages, Stoke City in fifth, and Blackburn in sixth. I mean, this is... This is early days. If you took a look at the uh, championship table this time last season, you'd have Bristol City up there. You'd have teams like Reading. And I think Bristol yeah. City ended up finishing uh, finishing 19th. And that's probably the yeah. reason why I'm probably not getting too excited. And it felt like, I don't know, mate, home games. What is it about home games? The celebrations just aren't as raucous, are they? It's really no. weird. when When we've got away games, I feel as though... It's so much more emphatic. But home games, it's just a kind of, yay, we've scored. Some people don't even stand up. They just sit down and clap. And what, is that because we're a tourist town? Is that because <laughs> you, football's not our be-all and end-all. It's just, it's almost the theatre for us when we go to Dean Court. You, be, you know, your diehards are going to away games or, or I right, been maybe not. Nah, uh, the right way no, I mean, you could look at it loads of different ways. I like that tourist town.
2: Demographic of our fans uh, maybe might have a, have an impact upon that you know uh, I'm getting a bit older now Sam and I'm I'm less inclined to shout and holler as much as I used to although I do Mate, on occasion. You, you don't look a day over I don't know 31. Thanks buddy but you know it's a thing isn't it you, you, you appreciate football in different ways can't expect that the same group that we take to away games making all that hollering noise uh, are going to react the same way when in our stadium spread out Around amongst other people who, who maybe can't jump up and down or can't right. make a noise, yeah. um, or just want to enjoy the game, you know, in a calmer way, that, you know, it's people's own, you know, res- you got to respect people's own way of wanting to do things. So, uh, yeah, I do get what you're saying. And look, there have been occasions in the past, you and I can both remember, where Dean Court has been a rockin' usually on a night game, yeah. but you know, it can happen. And I, I, felt, I felt a bit of it. I felt a bit of it in this last game. We have got the South Stand and the North Stand going at the same time, which is no easy feat by any means. Um, so yeah, who knows, man? It, it could happen. I think the problem is quite often as well is we do get behind the team more yeah. when we need to get behind our team. When you think of the tail end of, of you know the, the last yeah. few games before we got relegated, you know we were we were so behind the team, making so much more noise. When we're plain sailing, we don't really give as much. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I say. I think it's this is going to annoy Luton fans once again, but a lot of it's down to the mm. caliber of teams that we're up against. And, like you say, if we're in a tight match and then we manage to notch a late winner, even Birmingham City, like Solanke's goal, it, it wasn't particularly late, late in the game, but the celebrations will be more, you know, heartfelt, let's say. And um, I was loving life on the vlog doing that and, you know, vlogging. Thankfully, I wasn't holding the camera on that photo that you um, that was just flashed up on screen <laughs> shortly. But yeah, we've done the vlog once again. So if you haven't checked it out, there's lots to be seen. And uh, we even give you a bit of a behind the scenes look. At what it's like when we did our match day breakfast show as well. Of course, we're in different locations, but we're doing it from a laptop. I've got my laptop propped up by a little stool that you usually tread on in the kitchen, stand on to reach the top shelf, reach the condiments up there or whatever. yeah, we are we are so timpot, but we absolutely love it but also there's vlog material as well and you know what we chatted in the 1910 bar to so many different people that aren't quite confident in terms of coming on camera yet or they were running late i spoke to abby markham who's a regular uh, viewer of the channel abby if you're watching hope you're doing all right really lovely to chat all things cherries she's got a footballing brain oh my god I push you to shame, Tiggs. She, sure, sure. cha- she would be brilliant on this. She would be brilliant on this channel. So we're going to try to get as many people involved. And look, when it comes to the vlogs, all it is is me and a little camera that I hold out just in front of me. So you, you know, like, you don't even have to look at it. But we certainly do appreciate everyone that came on, Peterborough then, mate. What mm. are we going to do? Are we going to make changes for it?
2: Not, not if we don't have to. No, I don't. I, you know, I, I do worry that. Parker can't keep everyone happy, but I do believe that his preferred thing would be to, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I think we'll probably keep it the same. I know a lot of people thought we might change it the last game. We didn't. So I don't know why my thinking would change now. So yeah, I think it'll be pretty much the same kind of lineup uh, unless we see an injury. Um, But maybe we might see some players coming off the bench a bit sooner, depending on how the game
1: goes. Well, part of my thinking was that Chris Meppen was maybe brought off the bench to perhaps deputise for Gary Cahill yeah. uh, you know give him some minutes you know give him some actual game time because it's a you know it's a long time since he's played a match for AFC Ballworth and maybe prep yeah. him because Gary Cahill he can't play week after week after week or can he? That's the big question we'll, we'll see what happens with that thank you so much to everyone that's been putting their comments in the live chat really great to see some of the regular faces including Liam Andrews there Chris we've got Cameron all of the regular people Paul nice to see you all thank you very much for tuning in no Steve Hensman this week I reckon he's playing football at Broadstone the cheeky Ah, star he's going to be he's going to be remember if you want to support the podcast you can do so in multiple ways you can be a star all the way through to a legend on this very YouTube chat as you're watching live, there is the ability to put in a super chat. I think we get about uh, 60% of what you submit. So it's not the best way, but it's a very easy way for you to donate to the channel. It certainly really helps. Or you can go to afcbpodcast.com forward slash a coffee and make a one-off donation as well. The back of the net mugs, we promise they will be back in stock as soon as possible. Plus... You can also be a legend with a monthly donation as well. That is at afcbpodcast.com forward slash coffee. I've popped the link at the bottom of the screen for you. And that's a monthly donation to help with our running costs. Monthly donators will also appear on our Legends Wall at the end of the show. You can join our private chat group, and also every so often we'll give you an exclusive first look at upcoming YouTube content. Who who wouldn't want to do that, Tiggs? Eh? Who wouldn't, buddy? Exactly. How's your week panning out? Are you going to Peterborough,
2: Tiggs? I'm not going to Peterborough, mate. It's uh, it's it's, it's work for me, so I can't, unfortunately. Um, but what I will be doing is before I appear on air next time, I'll be messaging you to see what Bournemouth shirt you're wearing, because <laughs> this is a little bit Bobsy Twins, isn't it? It's a little bit embarrassing that you and I are wearing the same thing. Thanks for tuning
1: in, and we'll yeah. see you on the next one. Up the cherries! Top of the box, Ryan Christie over the top. lovely